Hello and welcome back in to another episode of the Jets Lab podcast, a New York Jets podcast hosted by me, Joey Bonsanti, and my wonderful co-host, Jared Taromio, better known as JT. JT, how are you on this Thursday night? Joey, I'm good. I know you're very excited for our episode today, and I know you're really into this position group that we're about to dive into. Yeah, not a position that I think we should get within the first two rounds, but I think once we creep towards the three to five range, we can grab them. Uh, we're going to be going to a positional breakdown today of the running backs. Um, and then we're going to get into, actually before that, we're going to do a fun little thing, schedule predictions. Um, we'll get into that small little news tidbits here and there, but, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, two weeks away from the draft as we stand today. Uh, just, it's getting a bit more exciting as we, get closer to finding out who our new quarterback will be 14 days joey and i'll tell you what but people are getting very aggressive on all platforms of social media twitter facebook everywhere people are there people want the draft i mean the draft should be tomorrow people can't take the weight anymore yeah it's 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 terrible and i i think you mentioned all platforms and I feel like I've mentioned Jets Facebook on here a couple of times, but there was this Jets Facebook post that kind of went viral amongst Jets Twitter, where I think a guy said, uh, we should double dip at quarterback and take Wilson at two and Kyle Trask at 23. Hey, maybe he's onto something. The dual quarterback system, it could take off. I don't know. I had a dream last night that I uh, we drafted Wilson at two and Lamar Jackson at 23 somehow. <laughs> Hey, if Lamar Jackson is draft eligible again, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Me too. Maybe we could use him as a running back. So, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, but what what is the small amount of news that you wanted to share before we get into our fun little schedule prediction? So, two pieces of draft news are one is Justin Fields had his second pro day, and it looked virtually the same as his first. There were no, it wasn't live, wasn't really broadcasted anywhere, but there were some video clips of him just making the same throws pretty much nothing new and it's a pro day we talked about it how the first pro day you're not basing your draft on the pro day a pro day is not going to change your mind and a second pro day definitely won't change your mind but that being said just something to keep in mind joe douglas was not there there were jets representatives but not joe douglas but once again i really don't think it matters whether it be justin or wilson he already knows the decision and a second pro day is not going to change anything. Yep. Again, I still stand the same way I did four weeks ago, five weeks ago. I don't care if it's Wilson or Fields. I'm fine either way. I do believe it will be Wilson at this point, though. And uh, I think that that last pro day with Joe Douglas not being there pretty much solidifies it uh, either way, honestly. But I think Wilson. And another tidbit here for draft related is a lot of people are talking about the Trevor Lawrence comments about how Trevor Lawrence doesn't care about winning. And I just thought that was something interesting, not directly related to us, but you just know that if the Jets were able to get Trevor Lawrence, that he would be plastered everywhere for saying something like this. You realize how the media doesn't jump on that at all. We, I, I, you send it through these these sources you've never even heard of. If the Jets were number one right now, that would be on every headline of every news source ever. I'll be honest. I give props because ESPN they were talking about it for a good bit today. Good. Then it should be said. And you know what? He's a bust. 
<laughs> no, but it's funny because at this point, I'm very hyped up about Zach Wilson. I, Trevor, he's just an afterthought. Yeah. I mean, are you rooting against Trevor at this point? I think I, I am. I'm not. Again, I was when in, we play them. Oh, yeah. I was in love with him. And then, you know, you see his, his wedding photos this past week, too. And I'm just like, eh. But, you know, you know, if we were drafting him number one overall, we'd be like hyped up about those wedding pictures. <laughs> hey, I know one thing's for sure. I do think he will have a successful NFL career, but I got to be honest, I just don't have faith in the Jaguars organization with their coaching staff. I know it's rich coming from a Jets fan to say they don't have faith in an organization, but Urban Meyer and that whole coaching staff just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I think they dropped the ball there, but. That's a story for a different day. That's a story for a Jaguars podcast. Exactly, which we don't even want to touch. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much it for the, the news, though, right? For this past that's week, pretty it. dry week. All right. Yeah, so, that's why people are antsy. Exactly, and that's why people are only talking about quarterbacks on Twitter. Drive me insane. So let's move on to the a fun part. Pretty good idea here. Um, it's the Jets schedule predictor. I believe it's uh, jetsschedulepredictor.com or something. Yeah, but do you, you can register... Sign up for a chance to win money. Do you have the actual site up, JT? Yeah, it's jetschedulechallenge.com. All right, there you go. So if you want to do that, you can go there, register. I think you win, I don't know, some prize if you if you predict the schedule exactly correct. Uh, so we're just taking a couple flyers here and guessing on the schedule. Do you want to do it week by week and or do you want us to read schedules? Yeah, we'll go time? week by week. Okay. So week one. Who do, you, who do you have? Week one, I have us home against the Buffalo Bills. I feel like it's always on the schedule, so why not this year? Yep, I'm with you. I had the Buffalo Bills at home. And me and JT did not go over this before the show, so we don't know who we picked. Um, but yeah, you're right. We always start against a divisional. I think the last time we didn't start off against a divisional opponent was the Lions in 2017. Yeah, in 2018. When 2018 was Donald's, Donald's first game. Uh, yep. So, but since then we've pretty much played the Bills, I believe, and I think we'll we'll keep that trend. Staying at home, week two we'll flip it to me. Week two I have us at Atlanta. Uh, I could see us flipping to an NFC team. Um, I don't see it as a night game. I think it'd probably be a one o'clock game. I don't know. I'm not guessing times here though. Who do you have? Interesting. I have us week two away at Houston. I could just you know I kind of just threw this together. Excuse me, and I feel like it spoke to me houston texans week two all right week three we'll do week, a snake so you go mm-hmm. uh week three i have us home again against cincinnati okay so we're flipping back home i'm staying on the road and i'm going to indy um indy. sticking to the afc that's um, gonna be a fun game that will be a good game I, I like that a lot i think that's a good a matchup where we could uh at least hold our own there maybe who knows um for week four i have a thursday night football game at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence. Interesting. Very interesting. I do think that game is primed for Thursday night. And I do think we're going to get our, actually, no, I think it's going to be a good game. I was thinking of another Thursday night game, but uh, that's interesting for week four, huh? Yeah. For my week four, I have us at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. You got Tom coming that early, huh? <laughs> yep. I just think they're going to roll with that very quickly. The Super Bowl defending champs are going to be coming home into MetLife. And I guess got to get Tom down. Get uh, Quinnen in Tom's face. Carl Lawson, too. That'd be fun to see. 
Sure. Uh, week five, though, I have us going on the road to Indy, Indianapolis. I like that slot for Indy there. Um, I have us staying at home here in week five against the Miami Dolphins. That's a good game. Week five early against Miami. I know. I, I feel like they, they may throw a curveball at us this, this year with Miami early. Um, after that, in week six, I have us going away to Houston. So Houston Texans week six. Week six, I have us going also on the road again against Carolina Panthers. Ooh. So going, uh, I feel like we're sticking with the uh, first, no, sorry, not the first NFC team, but just sticking on the road here, going from Indiana to Carolina. Then week, what was that, week six? Yep, week seven. Week now. seven now, I have us back at home against the Eagles. And I could see that being a th- a prime time game actually for us, but not sure. Um, week eight, right? Or is that or week seven, right? Week seven. Yep. All right. So week seven, I have us uh, playing the Cincinnati Bengals at home into our bye week. So I have the next week as our bye week. So you have week eight bye week. Yep. Week eight bye week. I have week eight where at Miami, and man, hopefully we get Miami this time. We get we get swept by them too last year, right? Yeah, we get swept by everyone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, week nine, I have us home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nice. Week nine, coming out of the bye, we travel to New England, and then um, we go back home to play the Titans. I could see something like that happen, like an AFC deal right there, coming back home. Interesting. I have week 10 uh, going again home again against New England. And then going back on the road week 11 against the Falcons. Nice. Um, after the Tennessee game, I have us playing the Philadelphia Eagles at home. So that's a two-game homestand. And then I have us traveling to Carolina for the Sam Darnold game. Mm, that's Which I, you know, one. I feel like that could also be like a Monday. I'm trying to see, like slot these opponents to see what, games we may have as a prime time like i feel like the jacksonville one i could so see that as a thursday night game like the two rookie quarterbacks they want to get that on display i feel like there's going to be another monday night game i just don't know what it's going to be yet see it's funny because with mine i definitely see the jacksonville game being a prime time game but since jacksonville is i also see us playing new england prime time since i think we always play new england prime time every year Okay. As like home. a as like a Monday night slot. Like I we're definitely yeah. not grabbing a Sunday night game this year. Oh no, we we haven't grabbed a Sunday night game in like 10 years. It's yeah. Sad. Uh so week now was this what week are we in? Um trying to see here. One, uh, two, three, four. Week eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Week twelve, I have us at Buffalo. And then I have week thirteen being the bye week. Oh, wow. Late bye week there, huh? A very nice late bye week. I like those late buys. Um, how about this? I'm just going to read the rest of my schedule out here. Because <laughs> now I'm losing track. All right. Yeah, I lost track. I think one, two, three, four, six games left here. So my last six games, I have New Orleans at home. We go back to Miami, and then we come back for a two-game home stretch versus Tampa Bay. And then um, New England visits us as well. And then the next two weeks, we finish off two game road stand at denver and then um at orchard park against buffalo interesting i don't think we've ever started and ended against buffalo I, so what i have is after our bye week uh going home against miami then going home against tennessee on the road against denver home against new orleans 
and final game on the road against the Patriots. I think we always end with the Patriots. All right. Well, we'll see if we win any money off that. But uh, that I probably a- don't even give you money if you win. You probably get a JetBlue T-shirt or something because it's sponsored by them. So it's sponsored by JetBlue. Does this solidify Zach Wilson as the quarterback since his uh, grandfather? His uncle. Yeah, our uncle. Sorry. His is uncle, the, yeah. Is he the founder uh, or is he the – I forget what the – I think he's the founder of yeah, JetBlue. But maybe so, <laughs> my, I don't want to look into it too much, but they know something we don't. If it was Adam Schefter, he'd be tweeting it all over the place. Yep. Um, but, yeah, definitely go do that challenge if you want. It's fun. Um there's it's pretty much impossible especially with the extra game added i mean it's makes it that much harder so a lot of people don't like the extra game but i'm actually excited for it i mean i don't understand it's like oh people deserve to go in it's like all right i don't care about that like more football is more football i'm just scared it's going to cause the players i mean it already is causing some issues amongst the players and how they don't want to play the extra game i just don't want it to get too see the funny thing about that is there's a huge incentive for the for a lot of players, it's the players who are the superstars that get the f- big contracts. So like Alvin Kamara, I saw how he didn't like it. It's the superstars who obviously don't want it. But the players who are just your uh, just another guy player, your Jags out there, those guys get more money and they have an incentive to go an extra game. So it's those guys who actually, I think, passed the bill to do an extra game. And this gives opportunity. Obviously, obviously, you always say you hate to see guys go down with injury, but it's just another game, another opportunity for someone else to get their chance to play. So, I mean, there, there's pros and cons to it, but at the end of the day, it's more football for the viewer, more content for us. Pretty much a win for the fans, I guess, at the end of the day. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's a fans are always ending up with a win, it seems. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Hey, I'm the one who's sitting down on the couch every every week, and I don't really care about if the player's unhappy or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's – I think the schedule is going to actually drop after – they announced today after the draft. Draft will go, then we'll get the schedule. Um, Man, it's going to be fun getting that schedule. Then we can break that down for two months. <laughs> yep, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun to guess the Jets' record first time. It's like, oh, my God, we could win nine games, then, you know, how that goes. Start to break it down a little bit further and, and realize who we are. Not with this new regime, though. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's get into the running backs. Big statement before we get into our two guys. We, me and JT both have two running backs each. We are not picking a running back at 23 or pick 34. I want to come off on the bat and say that to anyone who thinks that. I see it's still on the timeline today on Twitter. If you want a running back at 23 or 34, I don't know what team you're looking at or if you think the Jets have that luxury of taking, you realize that the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl not two years ago and picked a running back in the first round. The Jets are not close to winning a Super Bowl. We can't be taking Najee Harris at 23 or Travis Etienne at 34. Like It just doesn't work like that. There's too many holes to be taking a running back that early. I saw Connor Hughes tweet out, and he was speculating some early round running back targets for us. And I was just, I quote tweeted, I just said, you know what? Focus on the OL, the corners, and the edge. Don't look at the running backs, Connor. It's running backs are, you know, at the end of the day, they're just not a luxury position anymore or, in, or not a premium position anymore. It's something that you don't really need an all star running back to be winning. It's like, okay, yeah, it's cool to have Saquon, it's cool to have. 
Christian McCaffrey. It's cool to have Ezekiel Elliott, but it's like, all right, how many rings do those three guys have? None. It's you got to build your team without focusing on paying a huge running back. It's just not a wise investment in my eyes. Alvin Kamara was selected in the third round. I mean, James Conner and Chris Carson were fifth and sixth round picks. Like you can find value in running backs. Plus I'm going to get into this more with our guys that we're going to break down, but the jets running scheme doesn't even need a bell cow running back. You don't need a guy carrying the ball 25 times a game. It's going to be a rotation. That's kind of, that's how this offense is scripted. The, the past three years, we've seen it with San Francisco, Brita, Mostert, Mostert's an undrafted free agent. And he's, you know, five yards for carry. And, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr., these guys just hopping on the scene and they're undrafted free agents. I'm not saying you could just plug anyone in, but, you know, it shows that you could find value in guys and they could fit this system. I really do believe, too, Joe Douglas is not someone to be taking a running back early, just the way we saw him draft last year. It doesn't seem like he is very invested in that kind of position. It seems like he likes getting the building from the inside out. And I really don't see him taking a running back, maybe even in the first three rounds. And that's, again, this is not saying that I don't want to draft a running back, because I think that if you could end up with a running back room of like Coleman, Ty Johnson, who I think will really excel in this offense, and then maybe a rookie running back, like some of the ones that we're going to mention, I'd be okay with that. I don't really think um, Michael Pirine is going to last too long in this offensive scheme, but I guess we'll see. Um all right, let's let's start it off. Let's talk about our guys that we want two apiece. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, take it away. First guy I have here is Chuba Hubbard from Ohio. Excuse me, from Oklahoma State University. Uh, six foot, two hundred pounds. Uh, so Chuba Hubbard, everyone probably knows him from his twenty nineteen year when he had over two thousand rushing yards. That year was incredible. A lot of credit to the offensive line there, though. But his pros are he's got above average speed. This guy, he is a home run potential guy. Like if he finds that hole, he's going to hit it and he's going to hit it fast. And another thing is he has great patience and kind of reminds me of like Le'Veon Bell before the jets, where it's like, he's got the patience. He there's lane development. He's got great vision. He'll let things develop in front of him. And then he'll cut into that hole. Very strong cuts bounces off very hard from his plant foot. I'm telling you, the main thing about him is great speed for great size. At six foot, 200 pounds, great speed. You just don't see it too often, guys that big being home run uh, home run hitters like this guy or home run runners, I guess, in this case. Uh, some of the cons, though, with Chuba, because no one's perfect. He doesn't drive through contact. I just mentioned he's a big guy, but he's not like once you once you get a linebacker that kind of stood him up it's just all right he kind of almost goes limp falls down something you definitely you just want to keep your feet moving you can't just go dead after contact another thing is is he gets kind of trapped up uh sorry tripped up after a little bit of co- uh, contact it, no grace as they said so it's like it always kind of reminds me of the uh effect on Madden where you got to flick the stick to keep your balance. And it's just Chuba. He's getting tripped up all the time. Uh, so I think, I mean, both of those problems, just very f- 
fixable, nothing, no huge red flags. But here's the one red flag is that he has fumbled 11 times in college. Uh, he was a four-year player, I believe, maybe three-year starter. And, I mean, it's just you don't want anyone dropping the ball. Fumbling the ball is just a huge problem every time with a running back. And some the worst part is is a lot of the time it's mental so it's like if this if he starts if he fumbles early in the season is he gonna continue with that throughout the season never want to see it but at the same time it's like this can be fixed because as i said kind of mental and then the final thing is chuba he's not a three down back pass pro it isn't his strong suit so i could see him being an early kind of down guy you're on first and second down. Yeah, you have Chuba in there for play pass, maybe for just uh, halfback draws, halfback dives, stretches, stuff like that. But honestly, that makes it even better for a running back by a running back committee for the backfield. So in summary, he's got great speed and vision, but just not a three down guy. But makes sense for the running backfield, running back backfield committee. And I don't know if maybe I missed you saying it, but what round did you have him? Oh, I forgot that part. The most important part. And this guy, uh, he's about a fifth rounder. Okay. So again, um, that's kind of the value we're looking at. Again, for me personally, I'd say in the third to fifth round, if we could grab a guy like this in the fifth round yet, the turnovers do seem to be a bit of a problem, but in a lot of these guys, what you're looking for is quick can hit the hole fast, especially in this, the the zone scheme that we're going to be running. And that's, you know, we don't need a guy in the first or second round. We can get someone with really great value in fifth, sixth. So I think that'd be a really good value pick in the fifth round. You know, you never know. Maybe we could drop even further. Joe Douglas can work his magic in the draft though. So might fleece a team or two for it. Exactly. You could see a couple of trade backs this year. Um, let's get into my first guy here. Um, Kenny Gainwell, 5'11, 191, projected to go in the third round, I know we, I, I don't ideally want to use a third round pick on a running back. If I were to, I have Kenny Gainwell pretty high on my list here. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily take him with the first third round pick that we have, but I wouldn't mind taking him with the second round pick. That's kind of where my running back selections would start. Um, let's get into the good stuff by him because I, I really do like him a lot. He's a great, the first thing I read about him is he's a great runner in wide zone. And that's what he pretty much ran in college. That's the exact scheme that we're running in the NFL. So automatically off the bat, he's a good fit for the system. He knows the system. Um, that is our scheme. Um, he had the, he hasn't played in 2020. That is a little bit of a downside. I just thought I'd bring that up quickly, but it could also be looked at as a good thing. He doesn't have a ton of miles on him. You know, and it's not a bad thing that he sat out a whole year. He had a really productive 2019. And now we're getting a f- guy with fresh legs, get to develop him a little bit more. That's not the worst thing in the world. Um, he's very versatile. He has experience in the backfield. He could be flex out in the slot, flex out wide. And again, had elite production in 2019 with 2,069 scrimmage yards, averaging 6.3 yards per rush, 12 yards per catch. And he was responsible for five offensive plays of 60 plus yards in 2019. He's very explosive, speedy, has good hands. Um, I mean, this is all stuff you love to hear from a guy that fits our system very well. Um, and obviously as a third round pick, as a running back, you're going to see a lot of good things. Um, 
And he does have a lot of experience running like a variety of routes, wheels, angles, options, a bunch of other stuff. He tracks the football well with body control, very soft hands, so he could catch the ball to the backfield. This is all just music to my ears. Like JT said, no one is perfect, so let's get into some of the bad stuff here. He has a narrow body type, doesn't have the ideal build or growth for the for the position at running back, but he runs tough. He, I'm sorry, I got lost there. He's not powerful or violent at contact, but he runs tough. Um, he's quicker than fast, so he he has more of like the short, quick burst rather than like get away from the cop speed down the field. Um, but that's kind of what we need. We need guys to hit the hole quick, and in this wide scheme zone, that's a lot of what I've been reading. That's the type of guys that we need. And that's why I think Ty Johnson is going to fare well pretty – I think he's going to fare pretty well in this system. That's the kind of guy he was. He's a very quick, speedy guy, and he knows how to hit those holes very quickly. Um, he doesn't waste time in the backfield um, and would benefit from being in a running back by committee kind of deal. So I think that, again, being in our system, it could be a good fit. The one thing I do fear about this player, though, is I think that he may go a little bit earlier in the third round. Again, not the, the worst thing in the world if we have to take a running back later, but he, it just may be a guy that we don't get that I wanted. Um, I highlighted this. Um, shared carries in college and wasn't asked to be a bell cow runner, allowing him to stay fresh. Again, that's a big thing. Like We, we get this guy who's fresh legs, year off. I love that. Um, and another con is, though, he only did play one season of college football opted out in 2020 due to COVID. So overall, I think this guy would fit the scheme really well. He's quick and he could catch out of the backfield. Sign me up. I've heard, I've seen a lot of mock drafts with Kenny Gainwell and I've actually seen a lot of it with him going in the fourth. So he's definitely someone I like and could be a great target for us. And it's funny too, the season off, it's always it's not the worst thing in the world if someone did opt out for COVID reasons this last season, as long as they do stay in football shape. So I'm not sure if he had a pro there or uh, anything of that nature, but if he did, it'd be great to see what kind of shape he's in now. Yeah, it's, it's different than taking a year off when you're 26 years old, like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, this kid's younger, obviously, in college. So um, younger guys ability to develop we've seen him play in college at a pretty high level so i like something like this i definitely would like to have him too uh going into my second and last guy here is Jarrett patterson from buffalo he is 5'6 195 i know pretty small but hey it's a running back like that low center of gravity so Jarrett patterson some of the pros are he keeps his feet moving uh in his last year he averaged 7.6 yards per carry, 4.9 yards per carry after contact was his average. So unlike Chuba, like he, Jared Patterson, he makes contact with someone that actually keeps going, which is very good to see. It's just someone kind of swipes at his legs or something. He keeps going. He can't tackle him with arm tackles. Uh, so he's got quick feet, good cuts and can make people miss. And I think that's also great. Once he, re- once he gets to the second level, it's not about the lineman anymore. It's about if you can make someone miss. And if you can make someone miss like Jared Patterson, that will definitely get you some looks uh, during draft day, and it will definitely earn you a roster spot in this league. Did you say he was 5'6"? Five, 5'6". Six? Five, six. Wow. So just in reference, Clyde's at, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is 5'7". So they're about the same size. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. 
I think it like technically it's like oh five six and a half. So if you want to give him that half inch, but uh, yeah, he's he's like a little bowling ball <laughs> at one ninety five. But uh, and then he uh, he can shift at the line. So once again, just great cuts at the line of scrimmage, shifting. He can create the hole when he needs it. So it's like if you're supposed to have the play going to the left, like oh, gonna go over to the right. So I I like that someone that's can that can improvise in the running back position always a great thing to have and another good thing tough guy just someone he'll take hits all game long and he'll keep coming back you don't want to rot you always want a roster full of tough guys like who doesn't right uh some of the cons though for Jarrett are uh he's small obviously he's just so small but really he's small for the early downs so you think okay yeah his profile it sounds like yeah he could be a first yeah first uh down second down guy but he's just too small for that because defenses they're gonna have those 300 pounders out there and they'll eat this guy alive and the second thing is he really looks to avoid contact when he can and now i know i read the stat where it's 4.9 yards after contact is what he averaged and it's because people will swipe at him and give him those uh, arm tackles almost. But if someone squares him up, he doesn't like that. And he will look to avoid contact, whether I guess that be running out of bounds or taking bad angles or kind of reversing field when it's unnecessary. And that can really cost an offense and be very destructive to your production. And then uh, finally, he has he does have some medical concerns. He had a knee sprain at the end of this season. So I'm not sure what the medicals are like are looking at this point, but if he can pass the medicals and if he is available, he can be a wild card running back for us where it's second down and long. And you kind of have all right, halfback draw in there. Now I'm not too sure about his catching ability or his route running ability. I'm guessing it's kind of just average i think he was mostly just a pure runner oh actually i remember now he actually did have zero receptions this last season so he's a pure runner i mean i don't think he can't catch the ball because he did have catches previous years but he's not really a catching back so that could that's also kind of working against him so uh he has a about a sixth round grade on ken on jared patterson and I just really do think, though, if he's available in the sixth and we haven't taken a running back at that point, I would like to take a shot on him. If he can really develop his catching skills, I mean, he's not going to grow anymore, but if he can develop his catching skills, he could be a threat to have on an offense. I love it. And these are guys that you're mentioning. Like, If, if we're in the position where we don't draft a running back within the first four or five rounds, I'm, I'm not going to be mad about that. I know that there's bigger positions of need and – Again, I feel like you, this this offense kind of you plug and play with the with the running back. So wouldn't mind taking a guy like that, almost like that CEH height, and I'm fine with it. Um, I'm gonna go completely polar opposite of this. Um, a big a big guy here, uh, Trey Sermon out of Ohio State, 6'3", 215 pounds. I mean, holy smokes, this guy's a tank. And I, I saw him run a little bit at Ohio State, um, especially. When I didn't really know much about him, and I saw this guy running, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Looked him up, and man, I just I was, and that some that's like the size of a wide receiver. 
Um, he's projected to go in the fourth or fifth round. So this is more of JT's uh, um, mocked mocked uh, value for a running back, right in the fourth, fifth round. Now, I don't necessarily think he fits our scheme the best. It's kind of polar opposite of what I was talking about with Kenny Gainwell, but I figured I'd throw him in here because I've seen him mock to the Jets here and there, and I was like, you know, might as well talk about him. He had a pretty good college career, so let's break into it. Um, he's an agile foot footed runner. He's able to make fluid hard cuts and excellent cutback vision. Um, he has above average body balance to squirm through tackle attempts, enough speed to reach the corner. Um, will drop his shoulder, use knee bend to accelerate into contact, soft hands, large catch radius, obviously with his frame, um, which makes him pretty effective in the screen game. He only has two career fumbles and none since 2018. So that's pretty good. He hangs onto the ball functional and uh, pass pro stepping up into the hole, lowering his pads into blisters. You'd love to see that. Um, He averaged 6.5 yards per rush in his career, including 7.5 yards per carry in 2020 and led Ohio State in rushing in 2020 and was a team's MVP during its playoff run. So a lot of goods there from Trey Sermon. I don't necessarily know. You know, I was talking about the quick guys who can burst into the hole. I don't think this is necessarily a guy who's going to be like that. He's a bigger frame guy. He's going to be bullying guys through the hole, but um, let's talk about some of the bads. And uh, there's a large history, a large history of injuries that I'm going to get into here in the bad. Um, he's a lot taller than the ideal, like average for this position. Six, three is uh, not your ideal running back height, but, um, that could create like inconsistent pad levels. He runs physically, but not an inside grinder and was inconsistent in short yard situations, which you're like, okay, he's a big guy, big frame. He should be thriving in those kind of situations. Um, average lower body explosiveness and will struggle to make you miss back at the second level. Not what you want to hear either. Um, will run before securing the catch leading to focus drops. Also not great. He's a willing blocker, but his technique needs work. So he's pretty sloppy in that regard. And here we go. The uh, array of injuries for Trey Sermon. Uh, suffered a cracked five, uh, L5 vertebrae. That's above the tailbone. Missed most of his junior season in high school. Tours LCL in his left knee in November 2019. Had surgery and missed the final five games of his junior year dislocated the SC joint in his left shoulder on the first play of the national title game versus Alabama, which was this past year, 2021. And he missed the game, no surgery needed, but still a pretty rich history of uh, injuries there overall. I mean, I wouldn't hate this pick. Uh, I think it would be a pretty good pick depending on how they feel like they could use him in the offense, but I don't think it's likely, but just figured I'd throw a guy in here. That's not prototypical to break down. I remember seeing that injury with his shoulder in the Natty Champ, and I knew that they had a, a couple of good running backs, but yeah, it's just, I know Justin Fields kind of heavily relied on Trey Sermon, so not ideal for him, but he would be, like you said, I don't really see the fit with us so well, but he is someone just to keep your eye on, because if he starts falling in the board, it could be someone we just pick up. He seems like a very raw prospect with, I mean, unbelievable size for a running back, almost like Derrick Henry-esque. Um, but, I mean, there's obviously a reason why he's mocked to go fourth, fifth, sixth round maybe. So it's because of those cons, and those are really highlighted in his breakdown. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully maybe grab one of these guys. That'd be nice. And uh, obviously I'm a huge Gainwell guy. I'm hoping that he falls into later rounds of the – third maybe the fourth i feel like you get really good value for a guy like that again opposed to taking a running back at wasting your 23 pick where you could take offensive line so 
No running backs at 23 or 34. That's a rule. I'm sick and tired of seeing it on Twitter. Enough. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know some... you're you're in agreement on this with me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard because you see a lot of the of the Twitter, and it's just oh yeah, people want they want the running back, they want the ETNs, and I just get so tired of it. I'm like, I don't even want to engage with these people anymore. I I just don't want to see it on my timeline. It's just all right, guys. Like no running back, and for me, it's really just no running back in the first three rounds, fourth round. Yeah, sure. If we want to start talking running backs, we can start talking running backs there. But I bet you I could find a position where I'd rather take someone else. And final comment on this, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are both incredible running back prospects. I'm not taking that away from them. Just for us in the position we're in, we cannot take them that early on. But they're both really great running back prospects that are going to go thrive in the NFL. And I believe that. So I'm not saying they're bad or anything, you know. (laughs) They'll both be round one players, I'm sure. But I... I'm going to be very happy when it's not going to be us picking them. Exactly. So that wraps it up there. Let's maybe hope. I'm kind of praying for Kenny Gainwell. I'm, I'm really high on him. So, <laughs> all right. Um, what do you say we finish up with a mailbag here? It sounds good. Our mini mailbag. Mini mailbag, of course. Let's do a friends edition. So we got Spencer at Spencer Nitro. He asked, if you guys could meet anyone on the current Jets roster, who would it be? I'm going to kind of spin this into you could hang out with them for a day. You could go grab a beer with them, whatever you want to do. You're kind of meeting them for the experience. JT, you go first. Who would you like to meet on the current Jets roster? This guy, new signee, and you know what? He just seems very excited to be a Jet. And honestly, I loved his press conference. Seems like a very cool guy. And it's Carl Lawson. When I heard his press conference, he seemed just very forward, very straight up. And he actually seems like a very decent guy. And my favorite moment so far of him is, or two favorite moments of him are uh, when he posted the video of him in his Jets gear and just chant, doing the Jets chant. And then I also loved when Rich Samini asked him a question and he did not uh, very respectfully declined to answer the question. But that's someone I'd love to meet up with and grab a beer, hang out, just talk all day. Yeah, I like that pick. I honestly flew by my mind. We were talking a little bit about a pre-show, but you didn't even mention him. Nice job. No, I thought about it right after. <laughs> I want to keep it to myself. There's a couple guys. I want to do my pick and then my honorable mention. My pick is going to be Makai Becton. My honorable mention is going to be Dan Feeney. No, um, I thought you were going to go with Feeney. <laughs> no, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably be Makai Becton. I'd love to just – I can't imagine just hanging out with that guy. He's freaking huge like a – mountain can you just imagine going out to a bar with makai becton and he's just your freaking bodyguard in there like this is my guy i would love to just talk <laughs> football with that guy he just seems like a cool dude his, his presence on social media is so fun and awesome and he connects with the fans i just think he would be a cool guy to uh, go out with dan feeney though i can imagine going out with and having a good time he looks like a fun dude um just based off that stash so i'd say those are my those are my guys right there staying with the offensive line hey two good guys Definitely. Um, let's move on to the next one. Good question here from Kyle at Sam Spleen. If we had to pass on one position of need, which position would you pass on and why? Pretty good question here. Kind of a puts us in a tough position. We, we decided like the two biggest areas of need us outside of quarterback are offensive line and cornerback. Um, I would say outside of that, it's probably we decided like tight end receiver. Um. I would say if I had to go the whole draft without drafting any of those positions, it would be tight end. If we're talking about the two major positions, O-line and cornerback, which we know we'll draft both of them, hopefully. But if I had to go without one of those, it'd probably be corner. 
but for, yeah. for the overall draft, probably tight end. Yeah, if it was our two major positions of need, it would probably be cornerback just because this cornerback class, it's very deep and very good. And But I just feel like you can't avoid the O-line. You got to get O-line. But then if you're talking about the entire draft, I would actually go with, oh, I was going to say linebacker, but I think I'm going to go with tight end too just because I know there are a lot of really good, valuable linebackers at that. Uh, in the middle round so I think tight end it's like there there's obviously Kyle Pitts but then there's guys like Pat Fryermuth who is pretty good from Penn State and then uh, Brevin Jordan I forget where he went but there are a couple of good tight ends but it's just like you know what we could probably get by without having to spend a draft pick on one definitely that's a good question there Let's move on to the last question here. A funny one, I guess you could say, from at Chasing Payments, Tony Vegas. If you guys had to choose the chillest, sickest Jets fan named Tony, who would you choose? I was actually going to say you, Tony, but rest in peace, I'm going to pick Tony Soprano. <laughs> Not actually named Tony in real life. Um, but <laughs> Yes, I don't know if that one counts. You know what? Fine. I'm, I'm going to pick Tony Vegas. <laughs> I, I guess I I'm have gonna to. Pick, uh, I'm going to pick uh, Ray Bur- Ray Barone. What? <laughs> not picking a Tony. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tony's not going to like Tony. I I guess it's Tony Vegas. Like, no, it, it's, I mean, it's Tony Soprano, but it's Tony Vegas. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's kind of a weird question, but whatever. You, you got on the podcast. There you go. I'll make you happy. <laughs> uh, hey, that, we got to step up our question game, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is getting pathetic. Like, we, we need, Good quality questions here. I like I like the two other ones. <laughs> I like when Spencer asked us how we were doing. That was my favorite one so far. Yeah, it is a nice personable. Gets us. Tony, you know. Tony just wanted a little shout out. Yeah, unbelievable. It's always it's always personal. It's always about him. You know, no more Vegas time here on the on the on the Jets Labs. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um. So that's pretty much gonna close it out here for episode ten. Finally, the double digits. Happy. Um. We've made it this far. Um. Appreciate the love so far. Uh, any closing thoughts from you, JT? Oh, thank you guys again for listening. Please be sure to leave a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. This podcast is available anywhere. And uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and please send us questions. Send us questions. Um, at Stacking Dollars, at Holland Hundos, at the Jets Lab Pod. Those are all the Twitter handles you need. Follow each one of us. Interact with us. Ask us questions. DM us. Do anything. I don't care. Whatever it is on Twitter, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear your opinion. Um, That will wrap it up here for episode 10. We'll see you next week, episode 11, next Thursday night. Thanks for listening, and go Jets.